Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. I'm Tony. And I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer, which is where we're coming to you from right now. That's right. Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips. Tricks. <laughs> and discounts. Did I scare you? I don't know. I don't know why. Like <laughs> Deviating from that intro makes me laugh. But it, I guess it, it does. Yeah. So, <laughs> so where we are now, we didn't gather around a campfire, but we did gather around the bathroom during a tornado warning. And we'll tell you more about that next week when we talk more about Illinois. It was our first tornado warning. It was though. our first tornado warning morning and at the last campground that we booked for our Route 66 trip. Wow, that actually sounded pretty that good. That did sound pretty good. <laughs> so the adventures are not over, but Route 66 has come to a beginning or an end, whichever direction you're going. And we will have more to tell you about that. But this week we wanted to just mention that we have had a lot of really good regional and local food and we haven't eaten at a chain one single time cool your jets there turbo well we have i guess they are chains but they are local chains they're not chains that we can get in california right in other words what we've attempted to do is really taste the local cuisine whether that be a single operation that has a giant green muffler man in front (laughs) or regional chains just try to get a flavor of where we are right so anything we could get in california we did not eat on this trip it is very specifically national chains we have not been to a mickey d's a burger king jack in the box taco bell right not that we normally go to those anyway but we specifically avoided them technically we could have gone to a hardy's because we don't have that in california but it's exactly the same thing as carl's jr in california so trippy so that's off the list (laughs) but we didn't need to because we have plenty of food in the camper and (laughs) we found (laughs) some (laughs) peggy's not kidding we packed like it there's no grocery stores anywhere on the planet right but part of the thinking was Hey, if we're going to be gone for two months, we don't want something sitting in the refrigerator that long because we'll come back and it will not be a pleasant situation. Yeah, it would have been gross. So I brought it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we packed our little friggy full. Yep. So among the highlights of where we've eaten, and this is, you know, something I wonder, do you seek out local food? As we mentioned last week, we spent some time with Peggy's family and they were all over getting Domino's pizza. And it's like, no, (laughs) no, no. Oh, no, we can get Domino's at home. We want to try something unusual. Right. So the first regional place that we went to is one that I'm sure you have watched videos of or or heard of, and that's the Big Tex Steakhouse. Uh, Is it in Austin? No, Amarillo, Texas. Amarillo, Texas. Sorry, Texas. I screwed up. (laughs) And we ate the big 72-ounce steak 
Oh, wait, wait. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. We ate like a 7.2 ounce steak. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it was terrific. I really enjoyed it. It was really good. So if you're not familiar with the Big Tech Steakhouse, if you eat a meal, it's an entire meal. They include, I think, a shrimp cocktail and then salad and baked potato and vegetables and bread. And they give you a drink, which is nice, and a 72 ounce steak within an hour. And keep it down. That's the clincher right there. (laughs) It is. You do not have to pay for it. But if you don't, you do. Right. And it's, I think, $75. I think it's $72 to pay for a 72-ounce steak that you couldn't eat. Yeah. So So that was fun. It's a neat place, and they brewed their own beer. We got some of that in a growler, and it was good. It's a really nice place to eat. Uh, We did not see anyone make the attempt to eat the 72-ounce steak, which was a little disappointing. We We wanted to see it, but... No, it didn't happen, but we did have the experience of eating at Big Tech's Steakhouse. Absolutely. And again, it's an experience and a meal all in one. Yeah. The next memorable place was the Route 66 Cafe in Clinton, Oklahoma. And we got there kind of late in the day. It was about 1.30. They closed it too. And I, I don't like to be that guy sitting there while the staff's trying to clean up. Right. So we asked them and boy, they were they super were friendly. They were so nice. Yes, they really yeah, were. Yeah, they didn't mind at all. And that we got a Route 66 sandwich, yes. which I had to ask what it was. It didn't describe it. And what it was, was chicken fried steak. The most oh. wonderful giant chicken fried steak in a sandwich. I literally took the chicken out and cut it in half and still had a great sandwich. And then I had chicken saved for my next meal. Yeah. And this was, I mean, if you... I mean, steak, (laughs) not chicken. (laughs) (laughs) If you happen to have no teeth, you could have still you could eaten still eat this that chicken steak. fried steak yeah. with no problems. It was so tender. And I asked the, the, I think the chef was the owner. And I asked him, I'm like, man, this was so good. And he goes, yeah, we specifically get this cut for these chicken fried steaks. And we take pride in them. And it, that was clear. The whole staff, really, you could tell that they cared about what they were doing and were just super friendly. We also had onion rings, and those had a really unusual kind of almost peppery batter. Man, that was good. They were good too. And again, gigantic. Our next stop is a regional chain. Yes, it is a chain. And we didn't, I didn't really know it was a chain because when we found the first one, it was the first one. But then after we ate at Emo's Pizza in St. Louis. Then we saw Emo's Pizza everywhere. Yeah. And we, well, so what, one of the things we're trying to do also is find regional specialties. Right. And enjoy those. And so if you know of any, we'd love to hear about those too, because we want to try local stuff. Now, Rocky Mountain Oysters, probably yeah, never no, going to we'll try pass, those. But that's okay. <laughs> But in St. Louis, what is like the food to eat in St. Louis is toasted ravioli, which technically are deep fried yeah, ravioli. Yeah, deep fried. <laughs> and pizza with Provel cheese. And there are some very strong opinions about Provel cheese. I can understand why. <laughs> Let's just say if I were being executed in the morning, uh, 
This would not be one of the things I would ask for in my last meal. No, I'm glad we had it. Yeah. It was fine. It was a satisfying meal. The St. Louis pizza is actually a very thin, like a cracker crust. It reminds kind me of, of a saltine yeah. or a cracker. <laughs> and so that's not really our favorite kind. We like some bread on our pizza or under our pizza. And we're kind of fans of like a bunch of cheese and a bunch of sauce. So... The t- pizza style is different from what we're used to, and Provel cheese is different from what we're used to. Now, I didn't hate it. Provel cheese is actually just a combination of provolone, I believe cheddar, and Swiss. I hope I didn't get that wrong. Anyway, it's a blend yeah, of cheeses. It's a blend of cheeses. And so, so it's not like it's some non-existent thing (laughs) you know i mean we blend our cheeses when we make fondue as well so right it was a different flavor because of the you know combination of cheeses and there wasn't a lot of anything to the pizza like i said it was a very thin crust it was a little bit of sauce a little bit of cheese a little bit of pepperoni our go-to pizza by the way is mushroom and pepperoni that's usually what when we get pizza which is often on Sunday nights. <laughs> That's what we tend to favor. But if there's a, you know, like, oh, you got to try this kind of pizza. Well, right, sure, we'll right. do it. So we tried it. We ate it. I, like Tony said, I wouldn't ask for it for my final meal. I won't seek it out. But if someone brings me a Provel cheese pizza, I'll eat it. Yeah. I didn't hate it. <laughs> Right. And the toasted ravioli were good. They're just basically deep fried ravioli. Yeah. Not a whole lot to say good or bad about them. They were tasty. They're exactly what you expect in deep yeah, fried ravioli. exactly. So the other thing that is not a St. Louis thing, it just happens that we took advantage of them when we were in St. Louis, when we finally <laughs> needed to eat a meal, was a White Castle burger. Yeah. And if you haven't had one of these, they claim to be the original sliders. They're little small hamburgers. And instead of going to White Castle, castle and ordering a hamburger and sides you go and order multiple hamburgers because of the size of these which is kind of convenient yeah so i think four to six is kind of the go-to number depending on how big of an eater you are and so we found a like a a package deal special that was 10 sliders two orders of medium fries and two drinks it was like 19 dollars. yeah they're like curly fries or not curly fries they're like those those crinkle crinkle cuts fries yeah and five plus that fair number of fries was yeah enough of a meal that we did not want to eat again (laughs) the rest of the day that's happened a number of times on this trip where we've had so much lunch that it's like dinner has become ice cream which we'll talk about in a little bit very healthy (laughs) right well fortunately my scale did not manage to yeah we forgot the scale darn it so we don't know really what this is doing to our weight sitting around all day and eating ice cream for dinner but whatever (laughs) (laughs) eating ice cream and pizza because in chicago pizza is a very different experience yes i had been to chicago i'm gonna guess 25 years ago whatever it was a while back and i had a giordano's pizza and what that is is it's a spectacularly deep it's you know some people call it a pizza pie and And now i see why yeah it very (laughs) much is like a pie it's like two inches thick the pizza crust is basically like a pie crust it kind of surrounds the top and sides of the pizza and then the toppings are kind of layered inside so there's lots of sauce 
and lots of fillings and lots of cheese. I think it's fantastic. This is my kind of pizza. It takes like 45 minutes to get. Yeah, it did take a while I to get it. I was surprised at how long it took. But, you know, we were watching, we happened to sit at the Giordano's on Navy Pier in Chicago, and I could see the dude making the pizzas, and it's it's a process, but, yeah. boy, there is no shortage of sauce or cheese, and, man, I'm getting a little drooly thinking yeah, about yeah. that. I'm completely <laughs> stuffed, and yet, thinking about that pizza, <laughs> ooh, dogs, man, that thing was good. Right. And we got the small, and we're like, oh, good, we're going to have pizza to take home. Yeah, nope. nope. We managed to eat the whole thing. We shouldn't have. And we both no, we stood up have. from the table saying, oh, I should have left that last slice for tomorrow. Yep. But nope, we no, didn't. Our off button was not working <laughs> at the moment. And so we had ice cream for dinner, yeah. basically. Now, what I think is a regional thing is that two or three times in the last few days, we have had not ice cream and not frozen yogurt which we're used to in california but frozen custard yeah and boy is that good yes it's frozen yogurt you kind of you're at least if might all be in your mind but you pretend it's, like, it's healthy yeah it's like <laughs> hey dude I'm, I'm eating healthy and you're probably not but frozen custard there's no your mind is like yeah you don't kid yourself Man, yeah, you're uh, you're eating. There something. is no but, doubt, but it's delicious. So there you go. Right. And we found one local place, and they sold us six little, like what are they? Yeah, pints? it was like a little six pack of half pints. So we got all six flavors that they offered in that half pint size, so that we have a little variety. And we have, we have frozen custard in case you know they don't have that in Indiana, <laughs> we, <laughs> which is our next. We're taking some with us. <laughs> and speaking of Indiana. So this week, we are going to bring to you some interviews from an event called the Drab to Fab Reveal. And what that is, is that a group of volunteer females from the RV Women's Alliance have come together over the past several months to completely gut and renovate a 2007 travel trailer and turn it from drab to fab. So the mission of Drab to Fab was to unite the RV Women Alliance members and the overall RV industry around a shared goal and also to inspire women to get out of their comfort zone and break down walls. Which they literally did. Break down walls, literally. <laughs> and got out of their comfort zone. We have watched videos of women that said they have never done this sort of thing before. And they were very excited that they got to use a hammer and <laughs> and maybe power tools for the first time. Well, yeah. And I mean, more than that, some of these women had worked for, for example, this one stood out to me, women who worked for companies that made cabinets for RVs, but had never installed cabinets. Right. And they had the opportunity to do just that, to install cabinet and that, that sort of thing. So it really gave them more firsthand experience and also just really renovate this trailer. Right. And so one of the missions, of course, was to develop new skills for the project volunteers. And that obviously definitely happened. And then the other mission was to recruit new women into the RV industry. It's a great project. So the next thing you're going to hear after this is us coming to you live from the Drab to Fab RV reveal. And here's a hint. You might be able to take this trailer home. Yeah. 
Camping is all about great experiences, and that's why we love Harvest Hosts. Harvest Hosts is the gateway to beautiful overnighting experiences. And with Harvest Hosts, you can boondock at wineries and breweries, cultural destinations, golf courses, so much more. It's a great alternative to traditional campgrounds. Yeah, a lot of those really great pictures you've seen online, like Instagram and such, have been taken at Harvest Host destinations, and you can experience those yourself. You can, and we've got a good deal on Harvest Host memberships on our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. Enjoy your next Stressless Camping getaway at a beautiful destination, and save money in the process. Winner, winner. Everyone's a winner. Yeah. Hey, chicken dinner. <laughs> Please tell us who you are and what you what your involvement was with this project. Okay, my name is Susan Carpenter and I am president of the RV Women's Alliance and I guess this was my idea and I was co-partner on creating it and executing it. Excellent. And what was your most favorite part of doing the whole thing? Oh, my favorite part was bringing the women together and meeting over 80 different people I've never met before with different talents and different parts of the industry and creating that friendship between them and the camaraderie. That was the best part of this whole thing. So can you tell us about the the sweepstakes, the raffle for having an opportunity to win this lovely beast? Yeah, absolutely. So at 5 o'clock today, it goes on sale raffle-wise. You can buy tickets. You can go to www.drab2fab.org, and there's a button there that you click to enter, and it'll take you to the site where you can buy tickets that will be available for two months. August 25th, it stops, and then August 29th, we draw the winner. Excellent. So this is June 23rd. That's when the tickets start to be on sale until August 25th. And then the drawing will be on August 29th. So Phil Blair, now you got your answer. So tell us a little more about RVWA and what the raffle, is it a raffle or a sweepstakes? I know different counties and states have different rules yeah, for... <laughs> I think it's officially called a sweepstakes. Okay. We're calling it a raffle. It is, it's splitting hairs basically, but all the proceeds are going to go to the RV Women's Alliance. And what that's going to allow us to do is to further some of our programs and mainly our educational programs. So, you know, by buying the tickets, you support that and, and you know, furthering the education of women and men throughout the country. Very good. Thank you very much, Susan. Yes. Tell me who you are. <laughs> Jessica Ryder. I am the Managing Director of the RV Women's Alliance. Great. And tell me, please, what was your involvement with the Drab to Fab project? So I came into the Drab to Fab project a little late. I've only been with the RV Women's Alliance about uh, 45 days. Oh, so wow. my involvement has just been to jump in and lend a hand wherever I could. That's awesome. And so did you do any of the actual construction? I did not do any of the construction. I never got a chance to get to Elkhart when I was a member of the RV Women's Alliance to uh, actually get here and do anything. Well, I'm super glad that you're here now. So what is, what is your favorite part of the whole entire project? The favorite part is seeing that RV. That <laughs> if we could just start designing RVs that way, it is amazing in there. It is perfect it is. for a worker on the road, you know, a woman like me who's, you know, running a couple things or whatever, and that is the perfect camper. I believe that's true, and we've had a couple people that we've just talked to that said, the storage in there is amazing. Yes, yes. <laughs> the countertops are beautiful. They are, yes. Um, every little, even just the kind of small bunk that's right by the door, mm -hmm. it's perfect 
perfect. I sat on it earlier and I'm like, this is perfect for just kicking your shoes off, not having to, you know, take your shoes in through the camper. But so every detail has been thought out right, in there. Right, exactly. Jessica, thank you very much. Thank you. Please tell us who you are and where, who you represent and what your involvement was with the Drive to Fab project. Absolutely. So my name's Nancy Rapp and I'm the national sales manager for a company that supplies the RV industry called Crane Composites. We make fiberglass, mostly for the exterior sidewalls of the RVs. I got involved in RVWA right at the beginning of COVID because I was looking for something to occupy my time with. So I started sponsoring or participating in all the Friday lunch and learn sessions. Uh -huh. I don't know if you did that oh, as yeah. well. Um, found out about the Drab to Fab project and was looking for something that would finally get me outside of my house. So our company actually came on board as a product sponsor. So our material is being used on the front and the rear of the Drab to Fab unit that you're right. going to see this evening. But I also was able to spend some time volunteering to help rehab the unit as well. So I, I managed to get over there probably four or five times to help out. I wish I could have gotten there more, but it, it's been a busy year so far, but really enjoyed it. You know, the, the uh, interaction with all the other industry women that were there, learning about other suppliers that are supplying products into the unit and into the industry. Uh, just really just getting to network a little bit more. And obviously I, it was the first time I'd ever one installed a front and rear on an RV. I helped put the rubber roof on. I helped route the floor out to put the uh, in-floor heating in. I helped assemble cabinets and Super. you know quite a bit for a salesperson. You know, yeah. I'm a jack of all trades these days. But uh, so that was really my involvement. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next project if they've got another one yeah. planned. But it's really really a fun event. Great. What was the bestest part? The best part, really. I think more or less was just you know getting to know those women. There are so many more out there now than there used to be 20 years ago, and I've right. been in this industry now since the early 2000s. So I'm going on you know 20 years, and there were very few of us back then. And now there's just really, really a good group of gals that are out there that have learned the industry, that are very knowledgeable, very educated, and can help other women get into it. So I think that was the best part. Really, was just getting to know who all is in this area, and. Uh, grow my network and really build some tight relationships. Excellent. Thank you, Nancy. Thanks so much. Tell me who you are. My name is Tracy Angemeyer. I'm the special events chair for the RBWA. Excellent. And what was your involvement with the Draft to Bat project? I was the lead on the Draft to Bat project. So the one who knew construction. <laughs> The one who said, this is what we need to do first, putting timelines together. Uh, no, you can't rip that down. No, that's a support wall. And yes, we can do that. Excellent. And so what overall was your, what's the best part? What was the best part of the whole project? The people. Excellent. The people. I was amazed. And, and all facets of that, the volunteers that we had that came out of the woodwork, that became friends, that I've given so many hugs out tonight. <laughs> um, not typically a hugger, <laughs> so it's been really fun. Oh, but sponsors, the people that I met through sponsors and the different suppliers and the, you know, the media, everybody just came together on this project. It was the people. And of course, it make, the people is what makes the RV industry. Right, exactly. All right, thank you so much. That's it? That's that it. was easy. <laughs> Tell us who you are. I'm Monica Geraci with the RV Industry Association. I am the Director of PR and Communications for the RV Industry Association. And then I also am on the board and the Marketing Chair for the RV Women's Alliance. Excellent, you're really involved. <laughs>
And then you're also very, very involved with Draft to Fab. Yes. So as a marketing chair, I helped with obviously all of, all of the marketing for this. Um, but I was lucky enough to be able to come out for one of the builds. It was last fall when we were still in demo mode. And it was really cool knocking down walls and, and getting it all the way down to the studs. Um, so yeah, it was it was really cool to be part of the, the demolition part, at least. Excellent. So was that the best part, or was there something else that was the best part? So I would say the best part was... I just came away with a really good appreciation for a lot of the women in this industry because after spending a day doing demo, I, I thought I was somewhat handy and I realized, Monica, you have a desk job. Like you are not, not uh, like and not as not as handy as I thought I was. So I just had a real appreciation for what people in our industry do and the women that I was working alongside who were helping me do this, not that, and that. That was really the best part was working alongside the women during the build. That's so awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. People ask us how to get internet on the road. Campground Wi-Fi is more promise than deliver. And you want to be safe and secure and cell phone unlimited only goes for so long before you're throttled. Yeah, it's not really unlimited, but the FMCA is here to the rescue again, this time with their Tech Connect package for FMCA members. Tech Connect delivers truly unlimited internet with their partnership with Sprint using a 3G, 4G unlimited plan. And it's another great FMCA deal. For just $49.99 a month that you use it, plus a one-time equipment rental fee of $39.99. Best of all, it's month to month, so use it when you're on the road, park it for just $13.99 a month when you're not. Upload your RV experiences, enjoy unlimited video chat, browse safely, and just enjoy the internet on the road without worrying about lousy campground Wi-Fi that's more stressful than stressless. This is another great reason to join FMCA, along with local chapters, get-togethers, a huge learning library, plus terrific deals on tires, in addition to other ways to save on tech and so much more. And with our discount, you can join the FMCA and save $10 on your first year's membership. Just $79.99 when you go to our discounts and deals page on the Stressless Camping website. Get connected safely with us and the FMCA with FMCA's exclusive Tech Connect program and all the other reasons to be an FMCA member. Tech Connect is truly unlimited data, but data speeds might be slowed in very high traffic conditions. However, there is no data cap on your monthly usage. Wow. Wow. What did you think about that? Wasn't that awesome? What a night. It was really something to experience firsthand and be right in the thick of it. We got to meet a lot of people in person whom we've just met online or, you know, through Zoom, which is sort of the theme of 2021 (laughs) anyway. But it was great. But we want to talk a little bit about a place we think you might enjoy. Yeah. So we are going to recap our time in Missouri. Last week, we talked a lot about Oklahoma and the different parts of Oklahoma that we visited. And this week, we wanted to tell you the highlights of what we saw in Missouri. Not to say that these are the highlights of Missouri. They're just our highlights of Missouri. No, one of the things we've learned on this trip is that we're coming back to this whole place that we were in, and rather than try to see a lot of this 
in a short period of time. All of these deserve more in-depth visiting yeah. and video and all of that. So it was quite the experience. So anyway. We did take a little detour off of Route 66 and we went up into Kansas City. My cousin lives really close to Kansas City. So we stayed with her for a couple days in her driveway and she took us on a little tour of the city. And some of the things that we saw and noticed about Kansas City is that they are very enthusiastic about their sports. <laughs> Boy, are they ever. They are, of course, home to the Chiefs and the Royals and the Sporting KC, which is the soccer team. Yeah, and it was a whole lot of soccer happenings were happening when yes, we were there. Yes, definitely. The sport venues are really popular things to see there. I noticed a lot of logo wear and people wearing their colors, flying flags, all of that right, stuff. Right, right. Which I also remember from when we lived in L.A., the people who follow the various teams were very enthusiastic about their right, teams. Right, right. One of the things I found striking is that the architecture in the city is like a really interesting combination of very, very old brick buildings and really modern, uniquely shaped silver glass. You know, the juxtaposition of those two types of architecture was really noticeable and really kind of fun to see. One of the things that I take away from that is in LA, which is where we probably where we've spent the most time in a big city. We tend to avoid big cities as right. it is. <laughs> but there, the new stuff is clean and modern and in great shape. And the old stuff tends to be, you don't want to go there. And that didn't seem to be the case here at all. The old older buildings were well cared for and really in nice shape. And also, you notice a lot of brick buildings which you would never find in Southern California because earthquakes because of will earthquakes. destroy them. Right. <laughs> they tend to fall apart, and that's the bummer for everybody. And here, of course, yeah, bricks, so are, bricks, bricks and, are the thing. Yeah, bricks and stones. It's just really fun to see the architecture. It kind of, you know, looks like the old country. <laughs> yeah. Well, in some ways, it kind of is. Things look like castles and, and stuff like that. And just it's really fascinating. I just really love to just look at all the buildings. I do too. My dad's brother was my uncle, I guess, but he was an architect. And I studied architecture a little bit in college, and I really love the old ornate architecture. Like the new stuff is cool because it's all shiny and modern and clean and all that, but I love the intricate details that they spent time on in old architecture. Yeah. So old houses and old buildings and all of that just floats my boat. Yeah, more. for sure. Another thing that we visited was the World War One Memorial, and that is very moving and very beautiful. And from there, you can stand by the memorial and get a whole view of the city skyline, which was yeah. really nice. It's quite a view. It's a place that we forgot to mention when we were talking about regional food earlier. Oh, well, we didn't forget we were saving it, and that is <laughs> Fritz's. Okay, so people who've listened to this for a while should know that, like every other 12-year-old boy, I love trains. And Julie, our cousin, and Peggy conspired and took me to a place called Fritz's. And Fritz's is a train-themed diner where they have a train that runs around the ceiling of the diner and actually brings you your food. So you place your order. There's a telephone at your table and you pick up the phone and push a button and you speak with somebody in the kitchen which is really loud by the yeah. way <laughs> and you place your order 
a little while later, there's a whistle that blows like a train whistle. And there's these trains that run around the ceiling and they have trays like hanging down below them and bring you your food. And so the, like an arm swings out when it's your food at your table and it knocks the tray off the train onto a second tray at your table, which then lowers and bing, bang, boom, there's your there's eats. There's your eats. It was really fun. It was fun to watch. There were a lot of kids there, of course, and so it was fun to see them watching the trains and just to get your order delivered by train. You know, when we yeah. had our bed and breakfast years ago that was a train theme, the Featherbed Railroad, we always wished that we could figure out how to make trains deliver food. And if we had gone to Fritz's, we might have had, a, although it was a, quite an engineering feat. I don't know. That was. <laughs> yeah, well, this guy, the guy who developed it, I guess his name is Fritz, figured this thing out. Originally, I guess he didn't want it to be train themed, but, you know, he couldn't stop the overwhelming, I guess, voice of yeah, the customer. Yeah, I think he had the delivery system. It just didn't have trains on it. And then right. people were insisting that those delivery systems were train cars. And yeah. so he got some trains and put them up there. Yeah, it's really slick. And the food was decent. It's, you know, burgers and dogs. Yep. I had a chili burger. We ordered frings, which was a combination oh, of fries and onion right. rings in one yeah. container. The atmosphere really sold the place as, you know, the food was decent, you know, chili burger. I mean, what can you do wrong with that? <laughs> the atmosphere was, but boy, it, there was a lot of sound in there. Yeah, so the, every time a train left the kitchen with an order, they would blow one of those wooden train whistles, but it was blown by compressed air. So it was loud. And then there's the sound of the trains and the sound of the people. It was a visual feast. Yeah. And it was a whole lot of fun. And I'm really glad I went. It was a great surprise for me and i got a hat yeah he got an engineer's cap which he I still mean, has they're supposed to be for kids but heck <laughs> i am one i just have more miles on my odometer right so and then in the train theme we visited union station yeah. which is an amazingly beautiful it's a building huge old passenger rail station and now of course they're you know we have amtrak but they don't really need these giant stations but they're still using them what a beautiful building and the the ornate ceiling in this grand building is just something to see yeah but they also had model railroad layout right. so they had a bunch of g-scale what they call garden railroad and other trains in there running around and it was neat to see yeah, yeah. so it was so then after we left Kansas City and headed back toward Route 66, one of the things that I noticed as a weird geology nerd is the road cuts and the layers of the road cuts. And I thought it was limestone. So I did a little bit of research and I found out that it's similar to limestone. It's dolomite, which is like limestone, but it has a little bit different chemical composition. That was just my little geology nerd moment. <laughs> I like trains. Peggy likes rocks. Right. And you know what else Tony likes? Muffler men. Oh yeah. So the muffler men, I'm going to write an article and post it on Stressless Camping, but they're not technically muffler men even though they're called muffler men but there's a company in venice california that made these giant fiberglass dudes and they were quite the roadside attraction in the 60s you know you'd put one of these in front of your business and it stood out because i think they're about 20 feet tall or so and a number of them still exist including in springfield missouri there's a chef and along route 66 okay so 
just so you know, we do our very, very best to keep this podcast kid-friendly, right? We don't say <laughs> the words or try to even imply things where if you listen to this with your kids in the car, it should be A-okay that hopefully they are as bored by us as you are. <laughs> but one of the muffler men is the mayor of Uranus. That's right. And um, he presides over the Uranus fudge factory. Yes, he does. Now, I'm not going to say anything more about this other than if your mind is wandering and thinking of fudge factory called Uranus and it's do thinking things that you probably shouldn't be thinking they're saying they're those saying things. those things. They, and they're I using think they them get hired because they will say those things. Yeah, yeah they are <laughs> just. I mean, every twelve-year-old kid who goes in there just probably has the greatest time of their whole life listening to the things that these people say. Uh, we did get fudge from Uranus, right? And it was pretty good. We had our fudge packed by a young lady named Brittany. <laughs> I'm sorry, yes. but that's what they call it. <laughs> right. And I even got a t-shirt, which uh, is not completely appropriate. <laughs> but, it, you know, they, they're having a good time. There's a bunch of stuff to see. And <laughs> you can't beat the silly stuff being said. So we, we are very happy we stopped in Uranus and got some fudge. <laughs> <laughs> and right after that, we stopped for the night in Sullivan. We stayed at the Merrimack State Park, which was a lovely little state park. And while we were there, we visited the Merrimack Caverns. Yeah, which are wow. so incredible. Yeah. And they have a tour that goes through there. And our tour guide, was it Glenn? It was Glenn. He was terrific. Had been a tour guide there for quite some time. And it's interesting, the history of these caves, because the James brothers actually used them as a hideout. That is incorporated in the tour, but the, I mean, I, I'm not the guy to speak about caves, but I did really think the tour was well worth it. Yeah, it was a great tour. They're great caves. What I didn't know is that Missouri is like nicknamed the cavern state or something like that. So that was only one of many, many, many. And that makes sense with that limestone dolomite geography. Very commonly limestone gets basically limestone gets eaten away out of the rock and that's what forms the caves. And the other unique thing about caverns is that they are full of stalactites and stalagmites. And if you don't know the difference, this is how I learned at one time stalactites hold tight, stalagmites might have been stalactites if they had held on. So they huh. basically are, <laughs> they're basically, well, can I bring it back to this? You know, we talk about poop pyramids. Oh my gosh. How, yeah, it's how appropriate. <laughs> but yeah. So basically what happens is that there's water and the water drips and drips and drips and then evaporates and it leaves behind the calcium deposits, which build up and build up and build up as anything will that gets piled up and doesn't have enough water, right? So either the stalactites, which hold tight to the ceiling, the water kind of evaporates as it drips. And so the icicle shaped thing grows longer and longer. But if the water drips down and then deposits onto the floor of the cave, and builds a kind of a mountain upward, then that's a stalagmite. You know, I will never think of caves the same after <laughs> that description. <laughs> Sorry, it just came to me like... 
Well, it, we've it's talked a, about it, and people understand how that forms. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a great description. It's just funny how it relates to. But that might have just cost me my job as a cavern tour guide. <laughs> right. By the way, speaking of the cavern tour guide, you know it's limestone, right, in there. So I said to Glenn, "So does that make the James Brothers limestone cowboys?" And then I sang the song. Everybody in the tour groaned. I think Glenn's gonna steal that. Joke. He said he is going <laughs> to steal that joke. So if you happen to go to the Merrimack Caverns and you have a tour guide named Glenn and he says limestone cowboy, think of me. <laughs> <laughs> Blame me. Blame you. <laughs> we also drove through a place that we had talked to the owner, Jim Turntine RV Self Park, which is a complete self-service automated RV park. And I'd like to see more and more of these. And it was as cool as we thought. So we'll put a link to that yeah. episode. And then kind of, you know, the last stop on Route 66 northward toward Chicago is St. Louis. Indeed. And of course, we had to see the arch, which we did. Right. And it's huge and cool and all of that. But what I wanted to do, because <laughs> I've been hearing Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri, for the past bunch of years. Right. So guess where we went? Well, we went on the Budweiser Bush, Brewery Tour. Missouri. Trying to mimic that voiceover guy who does that. But anyway, <laughs> it was, well, you know, I am a big fan of craft beer. And I not particularly, if I have a chance to drink a beer, it's not likely to be a Budweiser. I know a lot of my friends and relatives love Bud Light and Bud. Wouldn't be my choice, only because I like the, the heavier, you know, I also like dark coffee and dark chocolate, more strongly flavored beers. But as somebody who brewed beer as a hobby for a while, I completely admire the fact that they can brew an endless supply of beer and it's absolutely consistent from bottle to bottle or can to can. And so we had to go to the brewery tour. Which was really interesting. Yeah, Although, it was. let me warn you that if you want to go on the Budweiser Brewery Tour, don't do it when it's snowing or really, really hot and muggy because <laughs> it is a walking, walking tour. tour. You do walk from building to building. Yes. It was really, really hot and muggy. Not <laughs> that was in, not my favorite part of the tour. Not in the aging but, room. Well, where yeah, where it's, it's 60, 60 degrees, degrees all the time. That was great. And a lot, and, you know, most of the buildings are air conditioned. So you got to, you know, go from hot to cold, hot to cold, which probably should have given us pneumonia or something. But, <laughs> but just do know that you will do a lot of walking and a lot of it outdoors. But it's really fascinating. I've been to a couple other brewery tours. It's fun to see how beer gets made in large quantities. Tony used to brew beer at home, so we saw how it got done a couple gallons at a time. Yeah, And yeah. this was just super no, no, cool. No beer explodes in Budweiser's refrigerator. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's just the the process is is impressive. I like big factories or big production places. We've been to other bre other breweries, mid sized breweries, but this just the scale is epic. And also the history, we got to see the Budweiser Clydesdales, mm -hmm. and they have a lot of the original buildings still being used today, which have again that historic style yes and the ornate architecture with the brick and all of that which is just you know it's beautiful and they're very cognizant of the history of the company 
and it's it's a fun tour with both the lighter side and the you know the production side making this product and they show how it's made and it, it's you know four ingredients basically and the bonus at the end you get to go to the tap room and you get to have a beer and they also give you a beer that was bottled that very day right so it was a two beer bonus and i actually ordered a couple more beers what a surprise <laughs> they had a really nice mango ipa that boy i enjoyed the heck out of that mm -hmm. they brew quite a number of beers including some you might think are craft beers and they have that taste to them so it's not just bud but they certainly brew a tremendous amount of bud and bud light For sure at the end of the tour, before you get to the tap room, you go through the bottling plant and the sound pressure in there. Holy moly. Like thousands of bottles banging together. Because, you know, they're all bottles on a conveyor belt and so they rattle, you know? And you know what happens when two bottles rattle together. Well, imagine billions. Well, I wouldn't go that I don't know. Much. Millions no, there were of, thousands bottles. of bottles. Eight in here. stories. We only saw one yeah. story. There are it's an eight story building with conveyor belts of bottles clanking together. The sound in there, holy crud. Yeah, it was I thought it was cool. <laughs> well but. it was cool because we were there for five minutes. I'm yeah, thinking I know, I like what I'd about work working there? there? Oh my gosh. I kept thinking of Laverne and Shirley. Yes. It uh, was a TV show in the 70s, and they worked in a bottling plant. And there was no mention of the sound in there, but it was just super loud. Anyway, we got beer. We got beer. All right. So last week, there was a question of the week, as there always is. And last and week, the question was, what is your guilty pleasure while you're camping? What do you do, or what do you take, or, you know, what that maybe some people might think is a little excessive. And so a lot of people answered food and drink. You guys must not ever eat anything bad when you're at home. Because, or at least admit to it. <laughs> because your guilty pleasures were s'mores, which obviously makes sense, Eggs Benedict. Yeah, I can't imagine making hollandaise sauce in a camper, but well, <laughs> yeah, I guess they do. Having a T-bone and potato, mm -mm. eating candy, Swedish fish, Reese's Pieces cinnamon rolls, chips, having a full breakfast instead of a power bar, eating donuts and croissants, actually just snacking in general, eating Oreos, having bean dip, Doritos. So yeah, <laughs> all those things apparently that y'all never do at home, go you. Yeah. And those aren't even things that people might look at you funny for. Someone said they drink their Baileys with coffee in it. They might have meant that they drink their coffee with Baileys in it, but, you know, hmm, yeah. it w um, that's the way I would do it, Baileys with coffee in it. <laughs> <laughs> and they have mimosas, and they drink beer or wine when they don't drink at home. And, of course, Linda and I's favorite, the Fireball. Those little bottles that we had that one time of Fireball. Oh, were, yeah. That was, <laughs> we'll just stop You can there. get a bucket of 20, like, shot-sized bottles of Fireball, and that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said that they like to camp in Vegas so that they can camp and have Vegas-type playing. That makes Gambling sense. Gambling and watching shows and stuff like that. Someone said that they never have time to just spend time cuddling and enjoying the company of their dog. And so that is what they do when they go camping. Yeah. And then there's one of my favorite things, which is get in the zero gravity chair, sit out under the awning, and 
beers just happen to show up. Yeah, just do absolutely nothing and be lazy. And that is that is a guilty pleasure that is certainly on my list. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these are. but. <laughs> And so, you know, those questions and answers can be found on our fun and friendly Facebook group. And this week, you can answer the question, how do you beat the heat? Because I need some hints, tips. Oh, I need some tips, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been It's been hot. hot and humid, which we're not used to in Northern California. So maybe it's just a regional thing. Maybe the way to beat it is not go to Oklahoma in the summer. I don't know. Well, I don't know because we've been looking at the weather back home. Oh, it's hot, hot, the hot there too. 108. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, we're also pretty dry there. It's quite troubling. Yeah. So, yeah, tips for beating the heat. I have a few as well. So we will put that as our question of the week right. this week. And you know, that's going to be posted as it always is in our Facebook group, the Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. Indeed. And that's where you can read and write answers to these questions. Weigh in and get your questions answered if you have them as well. Right. Everybody has been very polite there and we like that. For sure. You know, the easiest way to get to Facebook is to start at stresslesscamping.com and jump off into Facebook or Instagram or wherever yeah, else you want to spend time. Whatever social thing you enjoy. And when you go to stressuscamping.com, did you know we did a once a week newsletter and it's absolutely free. And we have links to stories and videos and podcasts that help you get the most out of your RVing experience. So start there and head out in all the social places, but spend a little time. We, we also have deals and discounts, of course. So there's a lot of content and value on stressuscamping.com. Absolutely. And you can even listen to the podcast there if you prefer, or you can subscribe on any podcast app. We're saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. And did you know that a review on Apple Podcasts will help others find this podcast? And the more listeners we have, the better the guests we can get. So that's what's in it for you. So please do leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. We it sure really would appreciate makes a it. Difference. Yep. Well, we sincerely appreciate you joining us at the Drab to Fab RV Women's Alliance event this week and all over Route 66. Thank you so much for being part of our digital family. And until next week, happy, happy camping. camping. We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!